Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And as always, joining me for the show, we have my co-host, Neil Kulong. Welcome, Neil, to the show. It's great to be here, as always, Lance. I hope your day is going well. We're uh, we're in the midst of the offseason, and that's a good thing, right? We're, we're excited. The Penguins are playing in the playoffs right now, and to me, that usually means minicamp football. You know, when you bring up Penguins, I just, you know, I'm a Pens fan merely because I'm from Pittsburgh. So go Pens. I happen to say that uh, I've never seen a Penguins game. I've never gone to a live hockey game. But needless to say, uh, go Pens because everything Pittsburgh is good. Before we jump into the show, I want to wish a happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Ruby Payne. Uh, Happy birthday. Um, In fact, after the show, we're going to do a Zoom for her. And so she's the best mother-in-law in the world. Honestly, I can say that, um, you know, I know some people have issues with their mother-in-laws. I've never had an issue with mine. She's always supported us, and she's been a fantastic mother-in-law. So, again, happy birthday to my mother-in-law, Ruby Payne. And I apologize, listeners, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm going to jump right into the topic, and the topic of today's show is the Steelers schedule, what matters most. And if you're new to the program, one thing I do want to say before we hop into it is the show is available on YouTube. Do a search for Lance Williams or Neil Kulong and the New Standard. Also, the show is available on all podcast platforms. We try to stay topical, but sometimes we've got to give the people what they need and what they want. And everybody wants everybody who has an opinion to break down the schedule. So on our show, we're going to break down the schedule today and predict the games. But we we want to jump into what matters most when predicting the schedule. And I'm going to pass it to you, Neil. When you look at the Steelers schedule 2021 or the schedule in general, what matters the most when you are trying to pick games? To me, there are a lot of things that that factor into that. But more than anything, what you look for is – the amount of consecutive uh, home and road games, uh, what they're doing in week one, what they're doing in week 17, and where their division games are. And I think this schedule in particular for the Steelers really doesn't do them any favors in any of those ways. Um, to be fair, they knew this is what it was going to be. Uh, they, they, you know, there's no reason for them to, to really have, have not expected any of these things to, to land the way that they did. Um they are usually on the road now. It's seven consecutive years in week one to, to be on the road. Some of that, it, this is probably a combination of a lot of different things. One of it is generally it seems the league wants to shy away from scheduling uh, an NFL game at or around the same time a uh, uh, professional baseball game is going on. In the Steelers' case, across a very narrow road in a parking lot away, it stands the Pittsburgh Pirates in September usually playing a game of irrelevance. Uh, They can't move it. They're not going to move it. But by and large, if the Steelers have not been in prime time uh, in week one, which is four times out of the last seven years, uh, it's a a one o'clock kick, but it's still going to be on the road. So by and large, we've seen that they've avoided that. Uh, That's happening again this season. Now they're going to be at Buffalo. It is once again a good opponent on the road. Um, Not a great way to start, but let's be honest, Lance, we're used to that now. Seven consecutive years. Two of those are banner-raising games in New England, which is not an easy place to play anyway, uh, especially not in the turbocharged atmosphere the way that Foxborough is uh, when the champ when the Patriots are are uh, 
you know, kind of beginning their their defense for those world championship teams, and they've laid waste to the Steelers in those games. So uh, Buffalo is not uh, playing at Foxborough, but it's not too far off nowadays either. Buffalo is a really good team. Um, that's going to be a tough one for the Steelers to play, but that's, like I said, that's par for the course for them uh, over the last several years. They've had a difficult run of things on the road. For me, uh, I look at the end of the season. Um, that's going to be a tough road for them as well. Uh, three of four are on the road. Um, starting off the season, three of four, and then um, playing week one on the road. I mean, really, you hope that they'd get beat to, to sandwich uh, two, maybe even three home games at some point in the season. Um, they got <clears throat> what uh, two consecutive – there are two back-to-back home games, weeks two and three. Um, Vegas and Cincinnati in weeks two and three, and then um, what is it, nine and ten? Uh, their their NFC North uh, homestand, Chicago and Detroit. Um, you hope that they're able to to string some momentum together with that, and uh, maybe put something together. But rubber meets the road, Lance. Uh, they have a tough schedule. There are a lot of good teams that are on here, and I, I think for me, and you tell me what you're you're the one you're really looking at. For me, what I think is interesting is the weeks four and five string that they have uh, at Green Bay and then back home versus Denver. To me, I see that as probably a split of those two games because you're going to be playing Aaron Rodgers in one of them, and you're not sure which one exactly it's going to be right now. I think if Aaron Rodgers plays this year, it's going to be in Denver. So give me a win at Green Bay, which I think a lot of people probably would not. Pick. Let's hold up on your picks. Let, let, let's hold. I'm, I'm asking you what what one you're looking at, and for me, oh. it, it's it's more about Aaron Rodgers than anything else. I think it's humorous um, that they have them back to back because you're you're going to get Rodgers one way or another. I, I don't think they're going to be able to escape him this year. Uh, I I don't know if any game in particular jumps out. Well, I'll be honest. The game that jumps out to me. And uh, I, I guess this transition is seamless, and, 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 and you know this is going to be an expert transition. I'm going to pop my collar for it. Is the Seahawks <laughs> game, and I have my Seahawks uh, Super Bowl victory championship hat on. Um, it's the Seahawks game because my mom lives across the street from the stadium, and so mm-hmm. that kind of just jumped out because literally, if my mom wants to go to that Seahawks game, all she has to do is lock her door and walk maybe about. 2500 steps and she'll be uh she'll be at the game and so that's the one i kind of marked on my calendar to see if that's one i want to go to i don't know if i'm going to go to that game because it's close to the holiday season and it's close to thanksgiving so i might be down there a couple weeks afterwards anyway so i may not go to that game and it's on monday night so that's the game that jumped out to me when i look at a schedule i look at the quarterback matchup um, I look at, you know, who's the better quarterback in those particular matchups. Also, I tried to look at the coaching matchup to see if the Steelers head coaches had success against the opposite head coach. Because I think one of the things that happens in football is, you know, teams prepare against coaches. They coach against coaching tendencies and they try to break down coaches. So as much as you're preparing for the team, you're also preparing for the coach as well. The other thing I look at is defense, particularly pass rush and kind of combination of pass rush and secondary. I think if you have a solid pass rush like the Steelers have had over the past several years, that travels. And I think when you're looking at this offensive line and how you could potentially have four very inexperienced starters on this line, I I think pass rush is significant. Couple that with a quarterback that is largely immobile. And I say that because 
in a playoff game, the most important game of last season, he could not fall on a fumble to prevent a touchdown. That may be different going into the regular season. He's had an off season to prepare all that good stuff, all those statements that associate itself with that. So maybe that might not be the case. But again, I look at QB, the coaching matchup, and the defensive matchup, particularly with the pass rush. I think your your factors were really good. I think it's a tough schedule overall. But let's jump into uh, – let's pick the schedule. Let's jump into it. We're going to break these down. We can't do it neatly in four, and the whole 17 schedule crap is ridiculous to me. It's just <laughs> weird. I'm looking at an odd – like, I, you know, like I'm – I'm trying to break the schedule down. I got these little color codes on the schedule, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit, I can't do it in fours. It's it's five at the end, so whatever. Uh, so I kind of color-coded it. So let's jump right into it. And in between the four-game and one five-game segment, we're going to jump into a smaller quick-hit question. So let's jump into it, Neil. Let's start with week one, the Bills away. Who you picking? Uh, Buffalo. I, I Pittsburgh has not moved the ball really at all against Buffalo the last two times they played them, uh, at least not in the second half of last year's game. Buffalo, I think, is one of the more balanced teams in the, the AFC. I think they have a legitimate uh, – they'll take a legitimate shot at uh, making the Super Bowl this year. It's a really good team that's been building a lot of good components there, and I think they only got better this offseason. So um, that that's just too much for Pittsburgh in a week one game. Uh, Pittsburgh is a, a, not exactly a week one team over the last couple seasons. And this is really in many ways, uh, it, the, Pittsburgh's going to be trotting out a lot of new players in week one. And when that has happened the last couple of years, the results have been pretty bad in week one. So uh, I, I don't think that's even competitive. I think Buffalo is going to win it pretty handily. Unfortunately. I agree with everything you said. And I would also add that, Tomlin has not fared well against McDermott and I think they've got a young quarterback that's feeling himself I mean he's feeling him feeling and he's feeling himself I mean I think Josh Allen is feeling himself I think he's ready to take that next step pause by the way I think he's ready to take that next step and to ascend into that rarefied air of quarterback when you're looking at the quarterback matchup I think Allen's the better player than Ben um, I think the Bills' defense probably is better because I still am waiting to see what the Steelers' defense is going to look in terms of the nickel cornerback position and how they're going to sort that out. And like you said, very early in the season, you could have four new pieces on that offensive line. So I agree with you, Ben. I think that's an L for the Steelers, and the Steelers start 0-1. Let's jump into the home opener against the Las Vegas Raiders. And again, that is very weird to say because I've seen the Raiders play as the Oakland Raiders. I've seen them play as the Los Angeles Raiders. It is very weird to say LV Raiders. Who you got winning in that game? I, I like the Steelers in this one for a couple different reasons. I think Las Vegas is, is an up-and-coming team. I could see them being more competitive than people are giving them credit for. But uh, the Steelers in their home opener – um, it, generally speaking, tends to go pretty well. It's gone down a little bit, and we're going to get into that. But by and large, they come to play in their in their week one. I think um, 
to me, my opinion, uh, week one for them is not going to be competitive. Week two is going to be kind of a the fire's lit under you now type of, of uh, performance for them. And we've seen them do that. Uh, unfortunately, I remember two years ago, it was against Seattle in a game you really thought they were going to win. Uh, a team coming across the country to play them in their home opener, and Seattle got the best of them by the end. But uh, I, I think the Steelers have enough to beat a, a Las Vegas team this season in that game, uh, especially considering they're, they're going to take an L in week one and focus is going to be put in what's largely, you know, kind of a, a statistically important game uh, as to not start 0-2. Teams that start 0-2 tend to not make the playoffs. Uh, if the Steelers want to give off the impression that they're competing for the playoffs this year, they're going to have to win that game. And I think that's going to be something that will be too much for uh, it kind of an up and coming team like Las Vegas uh, as well. I mean, I don't know how good they are necessarily. I think they're very evenly matched with Pittsburgh, where both teams are where they're trying to get to. Uh, Pittsburgh's going to be too much for them um, in in a, a week two game. Um, we'll see what would happen with both of them over the course of that season. But it, home openers are not easy to, to for the road team to win, um, especially when they're even. And I think Pittsburgh and, and Las Vegas are fairly even this year. Yeah, I think that's tough for LV for the Raiders coming across the country. Steelers after a loss. Um, I, I think Ben is better than Derek Carr. I, I think Tomlin's a better coach than Gruden. I'm not sold on the Raiders defensively. Again, this would be very early in the season. I'm not sold on the Raiders defensively. Their tight end is absolutely awesome. I think that would be an issue for the Steelers, but I do like the Steelers to to win, uh, excuse me, their home opener. And for me, I have them starting the season at one and two, just like you. Let's jump to the third game, the Bungles, the Cincinnati Bungles. And I will never call them by their real name. So if you guys think that's disrespectful on the show, it is disrespectful. They are the Bungles. They will forever be known as the Bungles. Who do you think wins that week three matchup between the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bungles? You know, I went back and forth on this for a while. I, I understand that the general perception of the Bungles uh, among Steelers fans is typically what they usually think that the Bengals are going to be going into a season. Uh, the Bengals are going to be a much better team, I think, than people are giving them credit for. Um, that's, that's largely because they're going to be. I mean, I, I'm giving the Steelers a win in this game for the fact that, one, back-to-back -back home games tend to favor the home team. Um, not having that, that kind of – you have much more of an opportunity to get settled in and stay settled in practices tend to go smoother and you come out with a stronger game plan. The Steelers have a really good record in the second of um, the second and or third of back-to-back uh, -back or three-back uh, home games. So with that, um, I, I do think the Bungles are a much improved team. I'm not sure where Joe Burrow is going to be in terms of, of his health. Um, I think Jamar Chase is the, the biggest enemy of the division as far as the newcomers go this year. He's going to be a monster. He's going to he's going to blow up the season uh, early and often. I think that is a formidable issue. But I, I think the Steelers, at this point in the season, playing a, a, a second consecutive home game, are going to be too much for him right there. But I think that's going to be a very very competitive football game. And uh, where that puts Cincinnati on the season, I don't know, but. Um, the, the Steelers do not have a weak divisional opponent this year. People need to accept that early on, and they're going to find that out uh, in, in week three. Everyone's probably going to say they didn't prepare, they didn't focus, all that rhetorical crap. It, it really doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, Cincinnati is going to be a good football team this season, and it, that's going to be a hard-fought win if the Steelers are able to get it. It's interesting um, 
your point about the back-to-back home games, and we've talked football forever, and that has been you have been very consistent with that, and I'm glad that you broke down the significance. And I think at some point in time, you threw me a stat in terms of the record of teams that had back-to-back home home games, how good they were in those matchups. For me, when I look at this Bungles team, Ben is the better quarterback. Tomlin is clearly the better coach. Uh, I think it's Zach Taylor is their coach. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're talking about a guy that has six wins in 31 games, if, I, if, I, if I'm correct. Apparently um, he hasn't I, even done enough to know his name. <laughs> what does that tell um, you right there? There you I go. Mean, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure go. what he's accomplished in the league to this point. Um, I, I do know that they have some good players coming in, but your, your point is exactly right. Mike Tomlin is, is a vastly superior coach than Zach Taylor is to this point. And I'm not, I'm not certain where they are in terms of protecting Joe Burrow. I don't like their offensive line. And I think this is a get right game uh, for the Steelers defense. Um, I think this is a game when you go up against Cincinnati, you go up against that offensive line. I think this is a game in which the Steelers can pad the sack stats. It's one of those games where TJ goes nuts and they really get after Burrow. And I think you made a great point about Burrow and his injury early in the season. Where will Burrow be from an injury standpoint? So we both have them winning that game. Let's jump to the Packers game. I have them losing the Packers game. And that's with the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Packer. But I think unless the Packers smooth everything out with him, he's gone. And the reason why he's gone is quarterbacks are a different animal. Quarterbacks can force a trade, and he's out. If he does not want to play there and makes it very clear to them, and that's what all signs are signaling, he will be out, and they will be forced to trade him. They will have no other recourse but to do that quarterbacks just have that level of power and they can do that and if you know he's not going to be there and you've drafted your next quarterback your first rounder that drafted a couple years ago they might as well make the move and make get the best compensation that they can if he's playing for the Packers it's too much too soon for a new secondary with a new nickel corner Um, that offense hums their head coach uh, Matt LaFleur is a very good head coach. They've had a tremendous amount of success. Aaron Rodgers is coming off of Cal football, by the way. It's coming off of an MVP season, playing his best football in a more structured fashion under Matt LaFleur. So if if Aaron Rodgers plays, that's an L for me. I I would agree. I, I think that really is the issue in my mind. Aaron Rodgers, when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers, odds are usually better that you're going to lose uh, as opposed to winning. That, that's the way it's been throughout his entire starting career. It's part of the reason why he's in the position he's in right now. Um, I, I don't want to use the word extort, but that that's largely what he's doing with Green Bay. Shake, shake and, rattle, and roll. Yeah, I mean, he's got the scratch to do that. So that's kind of the way the athlete is going nowadays. And not to to say that they did or did not have this sort of influence before, but it's obvious that far more are are successful in this than they're not. Um, You look back at Antonio Brown. Steelers hate to say this, but did he not get exactly what he wanted? He got traded to a team he wanted to go to that paid him more money than he was getting in Pittsburgh. And he did that by throwing a fit. So really, you know what it is, is, Neil? And I coined the name and and then just get back into your prediction. I just want to say this real quick. It's called the Acafool strategy. A-C-C-A-F-O-O-L, 
act a fool. <laughs> All you have to do is act yeah. a fool. If you're the right player with the right cachet, yep, and you're good enough, act a fool, and you will get out of your deal. But continue, Neil. So the the point being, what's Aaron Rodgers doing here? I mean, it's the same thing. Green Bay. If if he doesn't want to play in Green Bay, he ain't playing in Green Bay. It's that simple. Green Bay. Green Bay just offered him. I, I believe the numbers were something absolutely ridiculous on a three year extension, fully guaranteed, an average of like forty two million a season. If he's turning that down, he's not playing in Green Bay. There's no way he's going to be able to to. Uh, return to anybody or want to return to anybody if money isn't an issue for him. So in my mind, he's not playing in Green Bay. I have no clue what Green Bay looks like without Aaron Rodgers. The reason the Packers are putting up this much of an issue about it and and not – the reason they're going as far as they are to say Rodgers is staying, we want Rodgers, is because they know Jordan Love is nowhere close to ready to play. They just signed Blake Bortles, which I know isn't great, but he's a veteran that you're going to need to start – if your former first round pick can't play and Rodgers isn't going to play, you need to lock him up early and get him ready to go. So to me, three weeks isn't enough. Rodgers is not playing in that game, and that's a win for the Steelers. So over the first four, I have the Steelers at two and two, and you have the Steelers at three and one. If the Steelers start three and one, I got a feeling. You know you're going to hear that. Yep. Every day in Pittsburgh, I got a feeling. And you're also going to hear Ben should stay another year. Yep. All of that. All, all of that, that. All of that is Hell, going we're hearing to, it now. I mean, it's going to have to be all, three and one. All of that is going to happen. But let's jump into our quick hit real quick. And the question I have for you, Neil, as we break up these games in weird segments of four, four, and five, <laughs> um, will stadiums – or will Heinz Field be at full capacity in the fall? I believe that is their intention. And um, barring anything that we don't know about today, I would say yes. They, they want that. They're pushing for that. They've wanted that, obviously. Everything in May of, of 2021 suggests things are going to be far more open in September of 2021 than they are now. And the NFL is the beast that's going to push that agenda far more than, than mom and pop's bakery will. So they're the ones with with a significant amount of revenue to lose over it. They're going to push for that uh, as quickly as possible. They're even selling tickets for it. So uh, to me, it it absolutely will be. Um, it's a welcome change, certainly. Um, I, I you know I'm hoping it's safe. I'm hoping it's the right thing to do. Uh, but it would be nice to see football in front of a full stadium again. I know that. I agree with you. Uh, you know, all these owners are billionaires, and when you're a billionaire owner in the National Football League, guess what you have the phone number of a congressman. And so uh, that lobby is being done right now behind closed doors. And I, I, I think everything that you said is 100% true. Um, I think there will be fans in the stands at full capacity. And I'll add this. I think the Steelers and all NFL teams and most pro professional sports teams will not do anything in terms of health and safety protocols. I think it will be an honor system of whether you're vaccinated or not, and they're not going to check. I don't even know if they can legally check. And so I think there will be people, as uh, Chameleonaire used to say, riding dirty in the stadium. <laughs> so hopefully when you're in a stadium yelling for the Pittsburgh Steelers because you're outside, you will be safe, hopefully, because – you know, everything's being blown around. Everything's being blown around. But hopefully you will not be sitting next to somebody riding dirty who has lied and said they were vaccinated. However, 
I agree with you. I think the stands will be completely full. You will have 75, 65, whatever the full capacity is uh, for the Steelers. If not, maybe the Steelers will dip their toe in uh, maybe early in the season. But I think at some point in time, you will have full capacity. So let's jump into the next four games. And this is an interesting one because this game has everything to do with Aaron Rodgers as well. So the Steelers' next game is the home game against the Broncos. How do you have the Steelers? I think it, it, it's obviously we're, we're this is a prediction show. Uh, we don't know fact. We can't officially tell the future. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded to Denver, and I think that's where they're going to see Aaron Rodgers, and I think he's going to beat him because um, Aaron Rodgers is really good, and I think uh, Denver – uh, the, the amount of playmakers that they have on that team, when they get Cortland Sutton back at, at 100%, Jerry Judy's only getting better, Noah Fant's only getting better, you put all of that down with a high-level quarterback, they're going to blow people up. I, Denver is a sneaky, really, really good team in the AFC, and they know that. And that's why they're going to go after Aaron Rodgers to every ounce of, of being that they have. I don't know how long Vic Fangio has in Denver anyway. I think he knows that um, George Payton is, is a brand new general manager. He wants to make a mark on the league. Uh, perhaps he's a new general manager that would know how to handle Aaron Rodgers a little bit better than Brian Gutekunst has in, in Green Bay. I don't know. I'm just going to guess that's the case because I can't imagine anyone screwing up as badly as Gutekunst has in his two years on the job. They were they would be able to get Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know if Green Bay is is able to do anything to to really prevent that anymore. Denver is going to be the location that Rodgers would love to go to because he can go there and he can win. And if, if Rodgers goes to Denver – I wouldn't be surprised if that's around the time he would really have everything down and he would mow the Steelers up uh, for, for where I think Pittsburgh will be this season. I, I don't think that'll even be much of a contest. I think that'll be a coming out party for Rodgers as far as uh, the, the full power of what he's able to do uh, within an offense like Denver's. I love the fact that you're going full on into your crystal ball because no, you know, you can tell the future. You absolutely can. You, your crystal ball is better than most. So, have confidence in your clear, your level of clarity. Well, I, I don't want to be right about that. <laughs> Let me be clear. I don't want Aaron Rodgers anywhere near the AFC. And that, unfortunately, might happen. I mean, I mean same division, Mahomes and Rodgers. I mean, your only hope is that they thin each other out a little bit. But uh, throw Herbert in there as well, It's that's a problem. That's you know a what, as a, as, a, as a football fan, you know, as a Steeler football fan, first, that would be terrible for the Steelers and for the AFC. As a football fan, having those three quarterbacks in one division would be awesome to watch. Yeah, it would. And, and because I'm out west, I would end up getting some Bronco games, and those those games would be uh, absolutely awesome. In fact, those four quarterbacks with Carr in the division would be a fantastic division of quarterbacks, and it would just be great football every week. Now, my level of clairvoyance and my crystal ball is a tad bit foggy. Because it's a little foggy, Steelers beat Drew Locke. Drew Locke is not very good. Uh, we can see that because they went and got Teddy Bridgewater, and they are ap openly courting Aaron Rodgers and trying to get Aaron Rodgers. So that tells you what they think about Drew Locke. And I think if they do get Rodgers, I'm pretty sure Drew Locke is in the deal, and Drew Locke may not even be on the team by the time they play. But just imagine this. 
when you look at their schedule, there's a potential for them in back-to-back weeks playing two of the top five quarterbacks of all uh, uh, in the National Football League, almost said of all time. And indeed, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best of all time. If Aaron Rodgers is on the Broncos, they lose. If Aaron Rodgers is not on the Broncos, they win. And because Aaron Rodgers is not on the Broncos, I'm having the Steelers with the win. Let me ask you real quick before we jump into the Seahawks game. Does Aaron Rodgers have any connection with Pat Shermer? Top of my head, no. Shermer, um, no, no. Uh, he hasn't been in Green Bay, to, to my knowledge. It, she's gone against him, obviously, when, when he was with okay. the Vikings. But um, any, any, any tree connection there with the offense? Aaron Rodgers coming in, running a Shermer offense? Any I, connections I, to the I, floor I always, and all that it, stuff? I always hesitate to say that because, frankly, it, the NFL, it, it's so incestuous. All okay. those guys seem to have two degrees of separation to everybody else. Okay, yeah, they I, do. I can't say specifically, but um, on, on the surface, no. I, I don't think he has a direct connection there. Okay, so let's jump into the next game. Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Pete Carroll. Who you picking? The Seahawks are an interesting team every year. Wilson is, is such that um, he is, in my mind, that kind of the the, the gritty, the, the tough it out, gritty kind of MVP candidate every year. He just finds ways to win games. He just finds ways to complete passes. He just finds ways to make plays. And the Steelers remember that. I referenced the, the 2019 win that they had before. They were third and 19 or something like that. And Wilson and rushed for 18 yes. yards to set up what was what the, what ended up being the game-winning field goal, uh, mostly just because of Russell Wilson. He's not fast. Uh, he's wearing body armor. If you watch him, he can barely move. He knows how to make guys miss. He knows how to make plays uh, when everything else breaks down. That's a really tough guy to play against. And when your primary weapon, and this has been the Steelers for a while now, uh, is rushing the quarterback and putting him on the ground, it, it's tough to say you can just beat him. He, he knows how to handle that sort of thing. It, it's very similar to, to uh, Ben in the earlier part of his career. He can extend plays and make stuff happen where it shouldn't happen. He wins downs that he shouldn't win. Wilson is really hard to beat, and this is why a team that, frankly, hasn't been all that talented the last couple of years is still fairly competitive. Um, imagine if they had more around him. Imagine if you, you put Wilson today uh, with, with the Legion of Boom from back in the day. It, They'd be fourteen and two every year. I mean, I guess they pretty much were back then too. But it, they're they're a difficult team to beat. I don't think the Steelers match up with them particularly well, just simply because Rod, uh, uh, Wilson on his own is going to be able to neutralize a lot of that pass rush. Um, they're they're not simply just not going to win that game. It's a Sunday night game. You, you mentioned earlier it was Monday night. It's a Sunday night game uh, that gives a, a home team a, a, a very specific advantage. Um, to me. You can talk about that with Pittsburgh, but most people are going to say their primetime record recently hasn't been great, home or road. So I don't know. I think it'll be competitive. I just think Seattle's too good of a team for Pittsburgh this season. This is a game that I don't like for a lot of the reasons that you stated. Uh, Russell Wilson is a top five quarterback in the National Football League. That makes him better than Ben Roethlisberger. You know, people might not agree with me on that, but he's better than Ben at this point. Pete Carroll's every bit as good a coach as Mike Tomlin. Uh the Steelers don't have anyone that can cover DK Metcalf. Um, and, you know, because R- Russell Wilson's ability to scramble and move neutralizes a lot of the pass rush, it's just tough, man. It's tough going up against quarterbacks that are that good. 
I don't know if this game is highly competitive. I, I think the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson are a better football team and will be the better football team at that point. Uh, it's hard for me to bet against Russell Wilson. Um, so I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks to win that game. Let's jump into the first or, or excuse me, the second divisional game. And that's the first away game against the Browns. What's your thoughts on that game? Uh, I don't like that at all. I, I think Cleveland, this unfortunately is kind of Cleveland last year is where Steelers fans um, are with Bengals fans now. And they need to recognize the fact that Cleveland is a very good football team. I think they are the most balanced team in the AFC. I definitely, certainly within the division, they're able to win games in a lot of different ways. Uh, fundamentally, they can run the ball. I'm not usually this argument gets into where does Baker Mayfield stand as far as the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Slow down. Okay. It, it's not about a, a, a linear path of, of the best quarterback overall. To your point, it definitely has value in determining a game. Mayfield is not a bad quarterback. When when Chubb runs the ball and people don't tackle him, I don't know how much you want him to throw, but that, that's what happens in Cleveland. They're capable of throwing the ball. They have weapons. They can protect. They can throw. They can run on defense. Now you're going to see them uh, uh, far better than they were in their back seven, certainly in the secondary. They're going to be vastly improved in that area uh, than they have been. And that was the weakest point of a team that had to rebuild itself over the last three years. I think they've done a phenomenal job of that. They've brought in great players who are going to be able to, to step up and play. Miles Garrett, I, I know that he's not T.J. Watt. It's not the point. It's it's beside the point to, to argue Watt versus Garrett. This is simply about Miles Garrett being a guy who can get three, four pressures a game, get a sack a, a game. He's, he's capable of doing that. I know that Jadavian Clowney is not the player everybody thought that he was going to be. You cannot argue that Jadavian Clowney is very good against the run. He can set the edge. He can get to the quarterback. Um, he's not the greatest player we've ever seen, but the, frankly, the price tag that he has, $10 million, is about what an edge rusher costs in the open market. Very smart signing on their part. And they just killed the draft, not to mention they just killed free agency. Uh, I, if you have a problem with Cleveland at this point, you're just hating for no reason. Uh, they're, they're a very good football team. Pittsburgh's not walking in. With the exception of it being after a bye, maybe. I, I don't think Pittsburgh really competes with Cleveland. Um, it, it, they're, they're, they know each other very well, I think, anyway. Maybe it's, maybe it's closer than I think that it will be, but I, I think Cleveland's going to win that game. Let me ask you, did Stefanski win Coach of the Year last year? He did. Okay. I, I think so. I think the coaching matchup, surprisingly, is pretty much even. Uh, I think, and the reason I say that, it's not because Stefanski obviously has as much experience as Mike Tomlin. I, I think it's because Baker Mayfield does what Stefanski wants him to do very well. I think the marriage between Mayfield and Stefanski is a very successful one. He's put... Baker Mayfield in a very schemed offense that gives him defined throws and allows him to be more consistent than he has been at any point in time. So when I think you look at the quarterback matchup between the Browns and the Steelers, although I think Ben is better, I think the distance between Ben and Mayfield in Stefanski's offense isn't very huge, isn't very big. So I think the quarterback stuff kind of neutralizes itself. If Mayfield doesn't make uh, mistakes like he did early in the game when he threw the interception to Minka Fitzpatrick. I think when you look at the Browns on both sides of the ball, from a talent perspective, they're better than the Steelers almost at every position group, except maybe their front four. 
I think their linebackers uh, and linebackers. I think their secondary is better. I think their wide receivers are better. The offensive line is better. Um, the running backs are clearly better. I think the Steelers are at a talent deficit in playing the Browns. Couple that with it being away. I think we both agree. I think the Browns win that game. So I have the Steelers with the loss in that particular game. Next game, the Bears. Bears, you don't know what you're going to get from the Bears year in and year out. Uh, <laughs> I often think a, a good buddy of mine uh, on the NFL Wire Network, he's, he's our top Bears contributor, uh, Brian Perez, diehard, lifelong Bears fan. And I, I often tell him just, you know, partially as a joke, I feel bad for you in so many ways. I mean, you just you really don't know what you're going to get from the Bears uh, week in and week out, but they can't bottom out either. They're not quite bad enough uh, to ever really be bad. You, you don't see them at that point very often, but they're not an overly talented team. And on top of that, uh, a rookie quarterback, one that I feel will be very good, um, well, he should be anyway, generally in the league. I think Justin Fields has a lot to work with. I think, my opinion, um, I – we talked about this before. I'm, I might have taken Fields over Kyle Wilson, largely because I think Fields has a much higher floor, and I think he starts at a better level than Wilson does. I can see why people might say he's a bit more sensational than Fields is. He might have a little bit more upside as far as physical talent goes, but I, I think Fields has a very solid rookie season as far as rookies go, but it's going to be early. I think the Steelers' defense is just too much. And you want to talk about a team that will probably struggle in terms of protection, uh, it's going to be the Bears. I, I think that alone is going to be enough for the Steelers uh, playing at home to just overwhelm them. They're not losing to rookie quarterbacks all that often. Uh, I, I don't think the Bears have enough yet to be able to say they could go on the road in primetime and beat a team uh, that is pretty veteran-heavy like the Steelers are. I'll, I'll, I'll give the Steelers a win to, to break a pretty long losing streak. Uh, in, in week, what is that, eight, nine? Eight? Yeah, that's week nine. It just confuses nine. me when you throw a bye in between. So that is week yep. nine. Uh, I agree with you for all those points. Ben, Justin Fields, Nagy, Tomlin. We're going with the Steelers in that one. I think Fields is going to be pretty good. I don't know, Ben. I don't know. Excuse me, Neil, real quick. Did you see that story about uh, Justin Fields scoring the highest? I think it's on this football intelligence test or, or, or something. Where he yeah, scored I, I saw a headline 100%. on it. Uh, yeah, wouldn't I thought that was pretty, wouldn't yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. You he, know, one thing plays, about sorry, it, it, he plays a, a style of football that, that's that's smart. He makes the throws he's supposed to make. I mean, it, you know, people get on him. It, more of the criticism that I see about Justin Fields is almost as if it, good stuff is filtered away, and all people look at is a, a select amount of things that there there's no context to it. Most of the time, you see, if you want to evaluate a, 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 the intelligence level of a quarterback, look at his decisions. Why yeah, did he think yeah, this pass got picked off by a high-level athlete in, in a big-time moment? I get it, okay? It, it didn't work out the way that he wanted it to. Why did he make that decision? Why did he make that play? Should he have done better with it? Are there technical issues or are there mental issues? They're two totally different things. And in my opinion, Fields doesn't make a whole lot of mental mistakes. I don't, I don't know why you can't build a team around this guy. I really don't. Um, Chicago might have actually made the right move at quarterback. And as weird as that is to say, uh, Fields is a winner. You're, you're going to see him do well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is um, it, it, very, very strongly, at least in the favor of offensive rookie of the year. I, I think he has that ability. Yeah, I think, I think for him, his success will largely be 
tied to the fact uh, with the coaches. You know, if if Nagy gets fired and he has a new coordinator and all that stuff, and you have uh, rotating coaching chairs, I think that will be you know one of the big things if he can stay with Nagy for a couple of years. And of course, that's going to be based on how much success they have this year. I, I think that will help him. I think you know, you know, continuity stability of the organization who who's your coach i think a lot of that along with the physical traits has everything to do with the success of a very young quarterback so we've gone through the first eight games over the first eight games i have the steelers two and two in the first four two and two in the second four you have them three and one in the first four and one and three in the next so we both have them going eight and eight over the first eight if is there any game in there that you would flip in any particular way? Uh, Green Bay. <laughs> where's okay. Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, yeah where's Aaron Rodgers? Um, I, I feel good about the other ones as far as what we know today. Uh, Green Bay would be the one I would look at. It, it's Lambeau's not an easy place to play when Aaron Rodgers is playing. So um, I, I, I'm betting on him not playing for the Packers at that point in the season. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Steelers got a win in Lambeau, um, I, I think, Troy Palomalo had an interception of some sort or a fumble return for a touchdown, and they beat uh, the Packers in Lambeau. Maybe that was against later. Favre in 2005. Uh, okay, um, yeah. Most recently, they played in 2013. I was at that game. Uh, Rodgers didn't play, and they still almost lost. <laughs> that was a fun game. That was crazy back and forth. I think the Steelers won like 37-31. Um, crazy game. Young Steelers teams kind of building yes. into it. Yeah, Packers were without Rodgers and kind of like, well, you know what? All we need to do is beat Chicago next week. Uh, Rodgers will be back for that. We're going to sit him for this one because it doesn't really matter. Um, that, that was kind of the, the the sense that you got. Um, but Rodgers didn't play. And, um, yeah, they haven't played Rodgers. Is that the game where Mike Rogers Wallace? Lambeau. Is that no, the that game was where... 2009. That was okay. the, the epic game. That was the, the epic the, game. The, Quarterback versus quarterback, an absolute right, offensive right, 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 right. I mean, it right, was, right. Yeah, I think both. I think both Ben and Rogers had like 505 in that game or something like that. Uh, they were both just dealing the entire second half. It was ridiculous. Yeah. There was no defense played at all. That, and the that's... fact that it ended on a game-winning touchdown uh, is it literally with zeros on the clock was the best way for that game to end. It was absolutely epic. That's of one of those games where uh, Ben likes to let them hang. Uh, yep. You know, because he's a competitor and he likes to let them hang and he doesn't want anybody to come into his building, particularly a quarterback, and outslang him. But let's jump into, and this is a nice segue into a question of our quick hitter. Why do fans care about stories like who Big Ben is taking to dinner? There was a story that came out this week about Big Ben taking several of the rookies out to dinner. Maybe I'm old, sour ass, old head. 51 year old guy that doesn't give a rat's ass about any of this stuff. So I, I fully acknowledge that. But why, why do fans care so much about what rookies Ben Roethlisberger is taking out to dinner? I'll say this, and I, I'm coming from the perspective of uh, digital media for the better part of the last two decades. People like Positive stories about players being human. And I know that that sounds really stupid. And I don't mean to trivialize the value that that has, the impact that it has. But in this generation, the idea of a player doing something positive for the sake of the team is lauded above anything else with the exception of winning championships. 
if you do things in an outward public way that are not forced, even though they may or may not be, if, if it's done in a way that kind of promotes you're a team guy, team first, this is all about continuity and unity and everything like that, people are going to love it because it makes them feel like not only is he human and super cool, but he still wants to win. He's still a competitor. These are all good things. They want to love the players. They want the players to want to be a part of the team the way that the fans do. And I, I'm not trying to, to sound insulting. I know that that really sounds like a backwards compliment, but that's how fans are. And to a degree, anybody following a sport, I think it boils down to people wanting to be a part of it. They want to raise the flag. They want to be a part of this clan. That That's what fandom is, you know? And when the players show things that suggest to them they're not black and white, boring, stodgy, we don't care about this except for the fact that we get paid, they want to feel like that That makes them one of them, you know? They're they're part of the same team. They're, they're all on the same side. Um, <clears throat> on the other side of it, it's very easy to manipulate that, Um it's not that Ben asking the rookies over for dinner is is bad by any stretch. It's just not as gallant a thing, I think, as, as people think that it is. You know what their alternative is? It's eating in the hotel room, you know? It's yes. kind of like you have the money, you have the resources to be able to do it. You kind of should, you know? I mean, it, it's – I'm not saying that what Ben did is is anything less than, than noble and selfless, but it's not the hugest thing in, in the world either. They usually do. It's really a question of whether or not um, – most of them do things like this. It's a question of whether or not they let the media know that this is happening. Okay. And there's a reason they let the media know. Okay. Uh, 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 that, that's uh, uh, where a lot of this comes from. It is, man. It's a good thing, but the, the buzz that comes with it is kind of manufactured. I don't think just, it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad at all, but it, it's not as great an <laughs> act of, of care and concern as people are going to make it out to be. Let me just be my one five two three three north side manchester cynicism let me just let it creep out a little bit and you hit upon it in your last comment if it was altruistic we wouldn't know so the, there is a little yep. bit of of, of uh self-promotion there some of that is digital media too keep yeah, that in and, mind you, know, you and, have and, the opportunity to do it just because we didn't know that terry bradshaw did this or mean joe didn't no, do this. no i'm not it, saying it from this is the age you know this no, is, i'm not saying it from that, that perspective i'm not saying it from that perspective neil i'm saying we wouldn't know unless he told us so you know, that's that that's the whole thing. And seeing a, a very uh, prominent Steelers beat writer posted on Twitter as if it was as if he's the only one that found out about it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, it, like, let's put it this way. That prominent beat writer knows the score. OK, he yes, knows exactly why he got right. that information. And that's yeah. his job. He didn't do anything yeah. wrong. It, that, yeah, that's his job. But he knows what this is. It's not yes. like he uncovered this and Ben is all, whoa, you got me. Yep, I guess I did. It was planned. It was calculated. Yes, it, it and that's was fine. Planned. That's cool. You know, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it, it's good to hear. Um, yeah, you'd, you'd like to hear the stories that come out of that as opposed to just the action. But uh, you know, that that's just yeah, me. yeah. So let's jump into the next four games. Let's power through these. In the next four games, we got the Lions, Chargers, Bengals, and Ravens. The Steelers have the Lions at home. I have them with the W. I just don't think the Lions are pretty good. Although it's Cal football and Jared Goff, I think Ben is better. Tomlin's a better coach of a new a new coaching staff that's coming in. I think that the Lions are going to be a team that's trying to find it. 
the entire year as they transition to a new quarterback, new coaching staff, a lot of new personnel. And I think they're they're firmly in a rebuild, not just a sexy rebuild. They're firmly in a rebuild. I'd like the Steelers to win that game against the Lions. I, I'm not even sure I could classify the Lions as rebuilding. I know that they want to rebuild. I don't think there's a move they've made yet to suggest they're trying to rebuild. They're they're going to be worse. They were the seventh overall pick in the draft, and they're going to be worse. Um, you have to have a really off day to lose to the Lions this season. I'll say that. If they win more than two, I'd be surprised. I, I don't think they will. Um, they're they're going to be bad. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to rip on Cal or anything. Jared Goff is not better than Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford led them to what five wins last year. Uh, they're they're concurrently a worse team than they were. Uh, Dan Campbell doesn't seem to have done or really said anything that that's conducive in my mind uh, to to winning. And they don't have much talent anyway. They're they're not. No, the Steelers are going to win that game at home. <laughs> I, I will bank on that one. Let me jump to the Chargers game. I, I'm saying it's an L. I I I don't like the trip out west. Um, and I think that's a Monday night game. I don't like the trip out West. I'm going to just say this right now. I think Herbert is better than Big Ben. I think at this point in the season, he will be better, firmly better. I like the Chargers talent. The only thing that gives me pause about the Chargers is the new head coach and the new exactly. coaching staff. Yep. That's the only thing. But I like the Chargers. I like Bosa. I like the pass rush. I like the guys that they have in their secondary. I love uh, schematically what the Chargers defensive the coach, the new head coach that he's bringing. I like the Chargers in this game. I think this is a tough road game for the Steelers. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to go, excuse me, with the Chargers to get this win. I think this was probably the toughest pick that I made. I went with a win uh, largely in, largely due to the fact that I think that most of the stadium is going to be black and gold the way it usually is. Yes, it will um, be. They get a charge out of that game. For some reason, they don't play the Chargers all that well at home, but they play them well on the road. And I, for whatever reason that is, the, the real commonality that you see is the fans. I, I think that gives them something else. And this is just kind of the, the Mike Tomlin interdivisional road game where things just click. And oftentimes you see that against the Chargers. Uh, they really lay the wood to that team at times. I agree with you. Justin Herbert is, is a, he's a phenomenal talent. Anybody suggesting today uh, he's not a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. In, in whatever way that Roethlisberger uses his savvy and his guile to get through it, he's going to because he's very good in both of those areas. Physically speaking, he can't hold Herbert's jock. That's how good Justin Herbert is from a physical perspective. He's got a, a cannon arm. He's got great feet. Um, the, the the competitiveness for the Chargers head coaching job was the way it was because of how good Justin Herbert is. If he can put things together, you're looking at, at you know possibly um, – one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion. He has that level of talent. That's difficult to beat. I just think that a first-year coach figuring things out at this point in the season, it could go either way. Um, that That's going to be a, a, a toss-up for me, but I, I think Pittsburgh will have this one. Here's the other thing in that matchup. Bosa against any Steeler tackle on the roster. Ooh, that's yummy. That's yummy. Tastes like chicken. <laughs> that is a very yummy matchup there. That's a, a, a you know a bunch of sacks and a bunch of pressures with an immobile guy. Um, let me ask you. Uh, let, let's get through these first four. These these four before I ask you a question. Um, Bengals game, second Bungles game. Excuse me, I said Bengals, but I should say Bungles. Second Bungles <laughs> game, away game this time. I got the Steelers winning. I just have no confidence in the Bungles. 
Um, I'm not even confident that Joe Burrow will still be standing at this point in the season <laughs> because the offensive yeah. line is terrible. I have no confidence in the Bungles. I'm going to go with the Steelers with a win against the Bungles away. It's funny because uh, the Bengals did what they were supposed to do, and the reason I'm ripping the Lions is because the Lions were the ones that passed on the skill maker for uh, the, the the skill position player, the playmaker, uh, in favor of the, the left tackle. Protection is a unit. Protection is a scheme. It's not a, a group of players. Yes. Um, yes, I think Penny Sewell is going to be a, an excellent player, and you set the bar in, in Cincinnati at Anthony Munoz, which is phenomenal. But um, to, to the degree that you need a dominant left tackle to, to win games, I don't know if you need to look further than the Cleveland Browns for two decades with a Hall of Fame player uh, at left tackle who played like a Hall of Fame player. It's a unit. It's a scheme. There are a lot of things you need to do. Uh, the Bengals added who I think is legitimately one of the best wide receiver prospects in a decade, uh, a, a phenomenally high-level player with a great quarterback who I think is going to be doing things the way he should be doing them and will be at that point of the season. I think the Bengals are going to win that. And I think that's the start of a lot of good things in Cincinnati. Um, being able to wallop the Steelers twice in, in two seasons says a lot to the direction of where they're going. I think they're going to show that in that game. Oh, that's right. I'm looking at this. You do have the Bungles beating the Steelers twice. Yep. Hey, Neil, man, hide the women and children. You got a panic room at the house? It's not good. It's not good. I know. And I, I Again, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. Um, if anything, uh, well, no, I, I got them. They're, they're beating the Bengals the first time. They're going to get by okay, the first time. Okay. This, that's, that's right. That's why I'm their, looking at that's it. That's their do. one division win, though. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get routed in all three road games. I, I, the AFC North is a tough division this year, and I, I don't think Pittsburgh is going to be on the same level. I don't necessarily think Cincinnati is a better team overall. I think they, they can split, but clearly the Bengals' arrow is pointed up. I think they're the team that's going to improve, largely because they have a dynamic playmaker at the wide receiver position that the Steelers don't have. I'm sorry, the Steelers do not have Jamar Chase on, on their receiving group. They just don't. Uh, Joe Burrow is a, a hellaciously talented player, and we saw that plenty of times last year. Um, the Steelers, I don't think, improved much this year. I don't think they were able to improve. They had to let a lot of guys go. Mike Hilton says hello in both of those games, by the way. We don't know who their nickel cornerback is going to be, like you pointed out. We don't even know who that is right now, let alone how he's going to be performing throughout the year. I'm going to bet that it's not going to be as well as Mike Hilton. So uh, for me, it, Cincinnati – put more together on their team this year. I don't think either Cincinnati or Pittsburgh are going to be great teams this year, but splitting with the Bengals winning pretty decisively uh, in Cincinnati in week, uh, what is that? 12, what, whichever one that is 12. Yeah. Um, to me, that makes a lot more sense where we sit today. Let's jump into the next game against the Ravens, the home game against the Ravens. I'm picking the Steelers to win the home game against the Ravens just because in a lot of years they end up splitting. But I don't think the Steelers are as good as the Ravens. Um, and I'm going to say something that many Steelers fans are going to disagree with. I think Lamar Jackson is the better player than Ben Roethlisberger. I think in the coaching matchup, Harbaugh really – coaches very well against Tomlin and that staff. They, they they operate very well. I know the Steelers won both games last year, but I like the Ravens team. Uh, I think the addition of the wide receivers in the draft, 
Um, I, I think the Ravens know who they are and how they have to operate consistently on offense to get the most out of Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens right now, in my opinion, and the Browns are the class of the division. And so I like the Ravens to win that game um, against the Steelers. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I picked the Steelers to yeah, win you that the game. Steelers winning. I picked the Steelers to win that game. Discount everything I just said. <laughs> How about this? That's what I'm going to say because um, the Ravens are the class of the division next to Cleveland. I think it's Ravens to, to win until Cleveland knocks them off. Um, I would dispute that the level of efficacy of John Harbaugh versus the Steelers, they they usually split those games. They're at or around 500 overall. Neither side has, has a, a significant advantage over the other one because they're both coached by two very good coaches. I, I don't think we can split hairs all day of who's better. You know, I think Steelers fans fear John Harbaugh. I think Ravens fans fear Mike Tomlin. They've both put together very good teams for a very long time. Um, it wasn't that long ago John Harbaugh missed the playoffs three years in a row. It wasn't that long yes. ago Harbaugh's team was drafting seven overall. For some reason, Steelers fans forget that, and they think that, that John Harbaugh is, is coated in gold every single year. He's a great coach, but teams all have to rebuild, and that's what Baltimore did. This is what Pittsburgh's in the middle of right now. They're, they're going to have to transition away from their quarterback. They're going to have to find their Lamar Jackson, uh, whoever that might be. I don't know who that is. I know it's not Mason Rudolph, and it's not the last year of Ben Roethlisberger. So the Steelers are in the process of figuring that out, just like the Ravens were a couple of years ago when the Steelers beat them up. So I don't think it's all that different. But the Ravens, plain and simple, are a better football team. I, I don't know how you can dispute that. Um, Pittsburgh needs to rebuild, and I'm not afraid to say that. I don't think it makes – you know, it, it, I'm not saying that fans should be embarrassed by this team. It's just that they're not good. Baltimore is an excellent organization and have been for a long time. They produce good football teams, and that's where they are today. Um, they'll probably be competitive because those games usually are competitive, but Baltimore is better uh, top to bottom. Um, we'll see – what they can, what Baltimore can do to finally figure out Lamar versus the Steelers. He's not played well against Pittsburgh. He has not. Um, it, it, and frankly, I, I think John Harbaugh uh, coming within a, a, a snail's eyelash of beating the Steelers last year when he had half of his team out uh, speaks to how competitive these two teams are, how well they know each other. But he couldn't get enough from Lamar Jackson, and Jackson did not play, did not make individual plays uh, at, at the level he normally does against Pittsburgh, and that was a big part of why they lost both of those games. Baltimore very easily could have won both of them, so it's not like they were far apart. Baltimore is, is in my opinion, just a better team, and they're going to show that this season. So I'm switching my pick on this Baltimore game to seven and 10, because obviously that's what I wanted to do because everything that I said argued that the Ravens would actually win the game. The other thing I'm going to add to my prediction of the Ravens winning is I think Don Martindale does a good job of scheming pressure. And with an inexperienced offensive line, I, I think it's very tough. It'll be very tough. So in those four, we have the Steelers both going two and two. Let's quickly jump into, and I'll let you speak to it. Uh, do you have any issue with Kendrick Green wearing 53, wearing Pouncey's number? And do you think it adds any pressure to him? I have no issue with Kendrick Green wearing 53. I think it's too soon to, uh, you know, treat the number with rarefied air like Joe Green or like Heinz Ward or like Troy Polamalu. I, I think that uh, Pouncey was an outstanding player. I think he's a player that will get Hall of Fame consideration. But I think one year after retiring, I don't think the number should be not worn by any particular player. Um, the Steelers are intentionally quiet about 
what it, what number they're reissuing. I'm not going to use the word retiring because that's not what they do. Okay, there are two numbers that are formally yes. retired: Stautner and uh, Green. Stautner and Mean Joe Green. Yes, which I'm fine with. One also came in a, a, a much different era than than when the Steelers were winning Super Bowls. But the reality is they don't retire numbers very often. But they they stop issuing certain numbers. There are reasons why they don't issue those numbers. And you can look on one hand why numbers are retired. Okay. They won championships. Marquise Pouncey didn't win a championship. Okay. It, it, to me, it's really that simple. If that's a primary characteristic of most, not all, of most, Pouncey doesn't fit it. But, you know, the, the one I will point out, number 63, which I, you know, the main thing I wanted to ask, do they issue 63? I don't think they do. It's not a very popular number, but I don't think they issue 63. That was worn by Dermani Dawson. Now, let me ask you this. You put Pouncey versus Dawson. Which one was better? It's funny that you say that. Um, a, a person that I'm close with says Pouncey. It, oh, my God. Uh, it's not even close. Um, it it I, isn't I, even close. I, I think Dawson. I talked to a lot of people about this, and nobody would pick Marquise Pouncey over Dermani Dawson. I, I think Dermani Dawson. Dawson was a considerably better player in my mind. And to be honest, I held true to a lot of this until um, the, the all-decade team came out. The fact that that Pouncey was on the all-decade team, uh, I'm not going to get into it except for the fact that I, I think, by and large, um, he made a lot of Pro Bowls uh, due to fan voting, uh, media love for the, the legend of the Steelers center. I don't think he was at that level. I think overall he was better than Jeff Hardings, but I think Jeff Hardings was a better center over their prime than, than Pouncey was. Hmm. Uh, Pouncey was not – Pouncey was a good center. Pouncey was not a great center. I don't think there was a year he was the best center. Um, it, to me, it's barely even arguable. Um, he, he wasn't nearly as good as people think that he was. Uh, he had the athleticism. He had the size. He had the, the intelligence. He should have been. I don't think that he was. That's just me. Um, other people might refute that, but by and large, I've not found a whole lot of people that would suggest Pouncey was legitimately uh, even one of the three best centers of his era. There were many throughout the years. Maybe not any of them did it as long as Pouncey did, but if that's the argument, then then what are we doing? You know, I, it, it, to me, that that's it's not a longevity award. Uh, he didn't have that level of talent. If Green wants to wear 53, I don't care. I, I really don't think that that matters. I don't. Th I think Green having a problem wearing 53 should be about him and Pouncey. There, there's a respect between centers that I think is great. I, I enjoy the fact that he would want to wear it. Um, I would have more of a problem if he wouldn't because he thinks that number is revered because I really don't think that it should be. Because we're running pretty late in the show, and one thing I will say to that, I think the all-decade – designation will get Pouncey in the Hall of Fame. I think it's it's when you look at the all decade teams. Yep. If you're an all, if you're yeah, on an right. all decade team, you're you're pretty much getting to the Hall of Fame. It, it's then, just then Olin Cruz needs to get in first and that's yes. been a yes. long time. So yes. if Pouncey so. does get in, it's not going to be for a really really long time. Yeah. Um, we, and and maybe maybe he continues to ride the wave of of overwhelming support. I'm not sure we've seen a player with more overwhelming support than Marquise Pouncey. Uh, and I like Pouncey. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to rip on the guy. I think he was a great leader for the team, and he was a good player. But uh, Hall of Fame, no. If Alan Fanning had to wait six years, Pouncey better wait 60 to get in. 
It's not even close. Yeah, and it's interesting. We'll talk off air about that. Um, so let's let's power through these last five because we're over the hour mark. So let me get your 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 five and give me a quick hit. Um, Vikings win or loss? I think that's a loss going on the road uh, for a Thursday night game. Is not fun to play at interconference. I think that's that the Steelers got kind of the raw end of the deal on that. That that's a tough game for them to win. I'm gonna go with a loss as well. Kirk Cousins, their wide receiving core, Steelers some questions with their secondary i'm gonna go with a loss as well uh titans i'm gonna go with the loss i think the titans play the steelers tough i think the titans will be better um solid coaching staff i think the quarterback is better i love the way the titans run the football it's going to be interesting to see what the titans are um offensively because they lost their offensive coordinator but i'm going to go with an l for the steelers I think the Steelers win that game because I think the Titans are going to be the, the most uh, disappointing team uh, in the NFL this season. Um, Todd Dowling is is taking Todd Downing, excuse me, is taking over for Arthur Smith as offensive coordinator. Downing has never done anything in his career to suggest he even deserves that position, let alone can handle it. And they were a very scheme specific team uh, the last couple of years. Uh, they're going to fall off big time. I don't think they're going to be they're they're going to be right where the, I see the Steelers being. Uh, both you and I have them. Um, you know, more losses than wins. We'll just say that because we're going to unveil the, the ending here. Um, to me, top to bottom, though, Tennessee is not going to be a good football team. And uh, Pittsburgh can beat them at home. Chiefs game, we'll keep it very short. Loss, loss. Loss, loss. <laughs> no, need, no, need, no need to say it. On we're the road. Go- <laughs> They're not beating the Chiefs. Chiefs are just better. Loss, loss. Uh, Browns game at home. I'm going with the loss for everything that I said before about the Browns. I think the Browns are just the better team in the division. I think the Browns are just better overall than the Steelers. And, uh, you know, just in so many different categories. Um, I, I think the Steelers uh, lose that game. And so, yes, what do you have? What do you have for the Steelers? Uh, I, Browns, the, the Steelers are just not capable of matching up with the Browns anymore. And that, that's not an insult. That's not to say that the story here is the Steelers arrow pointing down. It's just the Browns are a very good football team. People need to, to accept the idea that they probably should win 12 or 13 games this year. And that's not, a, they're, they're good. They're loaded. They don't have a weakness anymore. Um, they're they're going to be a competitive team and losing to them twice, which I think is what's going to happen uh, was bound to happen eventually. And the fact that it took the Browns three decades to be able to do it speaks to the general dominance of the Steelers franchise. Uh, but this is a down year. This is a year they need to get back into things. And the Browns have been preparing for this for a very long time. And they're just really just the better team right now. I'm going to keep on my Debbie Downer streak here. I'm going to go <laughs> the Ravens game away. I'm going to go with the loss. I think the Ravens and the Browns will be competing for the division late in the season. So I think this is a game where the Ravens play every starter. And I'm not even sure if Ben Roethlisberger will be starting the season at this point. Because I think if the Steelers have the type of season that I'm suggesting, with it, it might be time to take a look at Haskins or someone else to see who might be that guy in the future. So I have the Steelers losing that game and finishing overall with the 6-11 record. And I know I'm going to get killed for that. But I have the Steelers losing their last one, two, three, six games. I have them losing to the Ravens, Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, and Ravens to close the season at six and 11. That's a pretty nasty losing streak that you've got going for him. I can't really talk. I've got him losing five of six to end it. Sounds familiar, right? Uh, the same type of thing is going to happen. Uh, Baltimore. I, I agree with you. I think Baltimore is in the heat of a, a division championship and potentially a bye week 
uh, in, in week uh, 18, what it'll be. Um, Pittsburgh will have already been eliminated from the playoffs. If Ben is able to play, he's going to. Um, they're not going to start anybody else for Ben. What is Ben's last game? Um, they, he'll go. He'll put everything on the line. I think it'll be exciting. Um, maybe they pull it out. You know, I could see that being kind of a surprise win. Fun way for, for Ben Roethlisberger to end his career. But um, it, it's it, Baltimore is just a better team. They're, in my opinion, they're going to have a reason to play in that that game. So they'll they'll win seven and ten overall for me for Pittsburgh on the year. Um, I, I don't really have any that I would change where I sit today. Seven and ten, it's tough, um, but I, I think it fits where they are and where they're trying to be over the next two, three seasons. It's just not going to be this year. So before we get out of here, let's speak to Marcus Jay's point. Pick up to Marcus Jay. He said, damn, so don't pick them to win all games. <laughs> don't pick them to win any games as a first pick overall. I, I just think it's where Neil said. I think it's a sexy tanking season. I think if you don't bring Ben Roethlisberger back, I think Steeler fans can see the forest for the trees. They're trying to rebuild. You know, when you have about 30 guys on the roster and you have about, you know, 85 million in cap space, you're trying to rebuild. You're, you couple that with the extension of Tomlin and Colbert still going to be there. You're trying to rebuild. You have Ben Roethlisberger that has no paragraph salary. He just has voidable years moving <laughs> forward. They're trying, they're, they're, they're trying to rebuild. And I think the most significant thing that they could do in this rebuilding process is try to identify the next guy. So for me, I think, and it, and it won't happen, but if the Steelers have no chance of making the playoffs, I don't think it makes much sense to, to let Ben ride out on his saddle, but, but they will. And, and it's great. He's been a great player for them, arguably their greatest quarterback in franchise history. So I have no issue with that. But I think this is just one of those transitioning years, and the next couple of years will be difficult for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You got anything, Neil, that you want to promote on the site, on the Wire Network, or anything that you got coming up? Um, you know, it, it's just going to be a fun off-season, off-season stuff, a lot of conversation like this. A lot of things to dive into. It's going to be a completely different-looking Steelers team than we've seen, and there is some excitement to that. Um, I, I'm not saying seven and ten is a complete and total abomination to the world, although I, I'm sure Steelers fans will. Um, a couple things are, are, you know, a couple things just hold true. The AFC North is good, top to bottom. It, yes. It's a good division. Uh, if your worst team is seven and ten this season, you've you've got a pretty good division. Um, that's the reality of it, though. You look back over time, the AFC North has had a three-win team, pretty much or worse, pretty much every year for two decades. That's not the case anymore. Uh, people need to get used to that. They're not the Bengals and the Browns at their lowest, but the Steelers at their lowest is probably seven and nine, six and ten. That level of of futility in in one season. Um, I would say this though: if you may as well lose every single game, well, you can't. You got the Lions on your schedule, so it's kind of the same thing as <laughs> playing the, the Bengals or the Browns. So yeah, they can go one and sixteen, but they're going to beat the Lions. <laughs> if I have to make one prediction this year, it'll be that. Hey, listeners, thanks for chiming in and, and listening to the show. And thank you, Marcus, Jay, and everybody on the live chat who have participated with it. Thank you, Neil, as always, for giving me your time on a Sunday. And we're going to conclude the show. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.